you are listening to the TN Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Messenger of God, you're doomed if you stay here. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of It's a Horror Podcast. My name is Wes. It's your boy, Kevin. And uh, tonight, it is time for us to cover a franchise that I think uh, gets a little, there's a little hook in there somewhere, I think. You know, we get, we get hooked on this really easily. I think it's the Candyman series. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> um, this is one we had to put off uh, to get our Halloween episode in, which rightfully so, I think it was a good move because... Halloween episode was very, very, uh, it was very well received and I really enjoyed doing it. I know you did too. So I think this is going to be a good chance for us to kind of take a step back and you know, get this one good and hit it with all we got. So, uh, what do you, what do you think about the uh, Candyman franchise, man? Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I mean, okay, well, well, that was a bit of an exaggeration. I'm not a huge fan, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the I first film. All right. So I don't want to give away too much, but, um, this is definitely a franchise that's a little bit weathered as it goes on, you know, as most do. And especially coming off of our insane 11 um, franchise episode last week with Halloween, we ran through all 11 films. Only took us two hours, 15 minutes. If anybody <laughs> actually spent all that time actually listening to our opinions and listened to us make just gay jokes and old jokes and young jokes... Y- y'all are the real MVPs, all right? So I really appreciate for everyone, you know, sticking with us last week for a long-ass episode. Uh, we've actually got something planned in, uh, in what is that, December, and it's going to be an even longer episode. So if anybody can try and guess what franchise has more than 11 films, we'll be doing that. But, okay, your original question, uh, Candyman franchise. Uh, this is actually one I've only seen the original for a long time. And then, obviously, with us doing this, I was like, okay, maybe it's time to do two and three. Am, am I glad that I watched part two and three? Well, eh, eh, we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Are, are, are you excited we're here? Yes, I am very excited. Like, I, okay, everyone knows I'm a big Tony Todd fan. You know, coming off the Hatchet episode, I kind of really, you know, blew him a little too hard. And, uh, and you know, it is what it is. But I, I like Tony Todd a lot. I think he's a great actor. Um I've always thought so. And everything he's been in, he just he just has the he commands your attention with that voice, especially. You just hear that voice. You just know who it is. You know what he's about. He's bringing it every single time, no matter if it's a small part, a big part. I just actually saw a movie the other night, uh, Wishmaster, that he showed up in for maybe like five minutes, and just just a great actor. He just did a great job, even in a small five minute role. So yeah, I I like this franchise. I'm not going to tell you how much, but of course we'll get into it later, but. Um, you know, I, 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 I do like this franchise. Well, I guess we'll, we'll find out how much in just a minute. So, um, but you know, as we talk about all the time with the slasher, we're in the slasher series, but anyone don't know that, you know, come on, pay attention, you know. <laughs> keep up, keep up, keep up. Um, but you know, it's all about the kills and you know, that candy man is going to bring it with every single kill. So, uh, let's find out how many kills we have going on here and, uh, what the, uh, the tail of the tape is. So hold on a second. We'll get into it right now. 
kill count. All right. So, Mr. Daniel Robitaille, that is Candyman. Um, mm. He's a pretty savage dude, you know? Voice is as smooth as silk. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we all know where Wes's mind's at. <laughs> Um, <laughs> kills. Let's see. So, yeah, uh, Daniel Robitaille. He's the main guy. We're going to be talking about him a lot tonight. He's pretty much mostly the only redemptive factor in some of the films. Um, <laughs> how many people did he kill? Uh, well, let's talk about that. So, I've got a little list here. It's I call it a kill count. I rank it from three to one with this franchise. The film with the least amount of kills I have at the end at number three. And then I just kind of break through the franchise and see which film has the most kills. Um, in this instance, yet again, the, the uh, film in third place is the original, Candyman 1992. This one has six kills. Um, I'm really hard-pressed to call this one a slasher. Uh, in, in terms of just its execution, uh, it's much more of kind of a moody piece. Um, I really like it set... Oh, wait. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just talking about the kill count. I already want to... See, I already want to fucking talk about these movies. <laughs> yeah, you got all this... Oh, 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 shit, slow down, slow down, man, slow down. <laughs> all right. In second place uh, is Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. This film was released in 1995. This one has nine kills. Uh, three more than the original. Kind of amping it up a little bit. And this is kind of where it blends the first film with the third film. It's, it's a good middle entry. Um, and then in first place, we've got Candyman 3. Day of the Dead, uh, not the George A. Romero Day of the Dead, as you all know. This is the Day of the Dead. It kind of refers to Dia de los Muertos, uh, you know, the Spanish culture, all that good jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was released in 1999. This one has 16 kills. Now, that really surprised me at first until I realized that nine of these were done off screen to that gang at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that fucking pisses me off. I'm not, a, I'm not a happy sport about that. So technically, this one only has seven. Um mm-hmm. I mean, okay, it has six. I'm not going to say those kills aren't a thing, but they're all done off screen and it's just like in rapid succession. So it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, you know, with a lot of slashers too. Like we've covered that a lot in this slasher series that a lot of kills are done off screen. Like we talk about on the hatchet, most of them are done in the, when the plane crashed. And then there's another one we had that happened off screen. So it, it happens way too often, honestly. It's kind of getting on my nerves, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna make a fucking movie about killing people, just do that. Mm-hmm. It's not even asking much. It's just do what you came here to do. And and granted, the Candyman franchise as a whole is definitely a slasher franchise. Wait, let me break down these numbers real quick. So okay. through th- three films, there's 31 kills. That's 10.3 uh, kills per film. And actually, interestingly enough, that barely beats out how many bee stings Tony Todd got throughout making all three films. He got 26 bee stings mm-hmm. uh, during his time as Daniel Robitaille, a.k.a. the Candyman. So that's pretty interesting. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I've read something about that exact thing later on. We'll talk about it when we get to you know, talk about the first one. You may have that also on your list of stuff to talk about, but we'll, we'll figure that out later on in the episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, we will. Well, uh, with the, the trilogies are great. I love, I love talking about trilogies, but at the same point, it goes so fast because, you know, we, we do one as our ship pick and then we have two and then bam, it's done. But like I said before, one of my favorite sayings of all time, it is what it is. So let's just, let's just pick this shit pick and let's just get on with it. So here we go. Hey kids, 
It's time for our shit pick of the week. Alright, so I'm not really one to call people out for their opinions, but if you have any other film in your shit pick within this franchise, I don't know if I trust you, necessarily. <laughs> um, not only does is this film's main actress an ex-Playboy playmate, uh, the film is Candyman 3, Day of the Dead, 1999, the most recent Candyman. Yep, um, I'm with you right there, buddy. Yeah, we're, we're already there. Okay, so. yeah, yeah, there's not really any big surprise. And, and again, speaking of... Uh, the kind of the excitement of this is I don't know Wes's lists. He doesn't know mine. He doesn't know if I if I fucking love Candyman three or if I hate it until this very moment. So I don't know his lists. He doesn't know mine. It's funner that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Candyman three, Day of the Dead. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> uh, this is like like I just mentioned, nine people getting killed off screen. So there's kind of seven kills. I mean, granted, some of the kills are actually really well done. I think some of the kills in this film are better than any other in the franchise. But that doesn't really speak much because this film really does blow. Uh, yeah. There's just not really much I really necessarily want to say. It's just that I think that the main actress essentially is the like great 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 granddaughter of daniel robotai who of course was killed by the slave owners um and cu- turned him into candy man i'm sure we'll talk all about that yeah. and he's kind of very sexual with her and like i'm not gonna i'm not saying that i wouldn't be attracted to my great 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 granddaughter but like are they even necessarily family at that point is that incest? i mean technically technically yes but like you said, it's so far removed. I mean, it is what it is. But I mean, also, he's also like a, a hook-wielding ghost. So should that be something that should be yeah. sexualized? Or I mean, I guess it is, but it's all fucked up, dude. It's just yeah. it's just a fucked up deal altogether. So. so so this film's pretty much a ghost trying to incestually romance his great-great-great granddaughter okay no okay i'm not saying he literally bones her in this but he there's a there's a scene where he's like all like all about i don't know i just kind of found that weird i was like wait they're supposed to be related um for some fucking reason i'm trying to think of how to say this in the best way she's like kind of kidnapped by a gang of people at the end just people who are obsessed with the Candyman kind of ideal ideology And it's like she wakes up tied to this chair and she she, she has a ball gag in her mouth. And, my, and, and like the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, which weird member of this gang is just carrying around a ball gag like in their back pocket, <laughs> you know, just waiting like, oh, I can't wait to, until we kidnap that blonde. And then yeah, it's just I just think shit like that's so weird. Like I understand tape and, and whatnot because, you know, tape can have a lot of uses, you know, but. I don't whatever that's kind of besides the dude, point. But this dude, one dude, is dude. Just kind of muddled but before you move on point. though I mean I always carry a ball gag in my pocket I mean why would you not it's just like it's like a well that's I mean come on that's why I agreed to do this podcast with you in the that's first what I'm place, saying so, so you're, you're you're acting like this is yeah. a surprise I mean like you can see like it hangs out of my <laughs> pocket and you're going we were walking through Indiana, Indianapolis and you go do what's that hang out of your pocket I go oh it's my ball gag and you go ah for later right <laughs> oh yep you know what it is <laughs> Uh, well i mean yeah the uh, Candyman 3 is just kind of like trashy it's just added a lot of extra nudity and jay sue garcia 
uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street, played Rod Lane. I feel like I mention him in, like, every other episode for some reason. Like, it's this one guy that's, like, so niche that most people don't know about. But, like, for some reason to me, it, he just comes up all the time. We met him in, uh, uh, oh, fuck, uh, Kansas City. Kansas City Crypticon this past year. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, he's in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. He plays the love um, of the main girl in this movie. It's It's not the worst way to spend you know, an hour and a half, but it's not a great one to yeah. Um What are some of your opinions? I just kind of took No, 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 it's fine. No, I, I agree with you. There's not much really redemptive about this whole thing. Um, just the way that they kind of, they really try to really take the whole grand, great, great, great granddaughter thing and really just kind of compact it into the Candyman story. And the acting is atrocious. God, she's so bad at acting. It's fucking ridiculous. Um there are some cool kills, like you talked about before. Um, there's some cool effects. There's an effect where I think it shows like – Oh, is it that egg? Yeah, that's what it was, the egg. That's what it was, the egg. It crawls out and the, the, the bee crawls out of the egg. That's what it is. And I thought that was a pretty cool effect. Um, like the whole – like the whole scene at the, the art gallery where they hire the guy to you know, to act like handyman like that, it was just such a weird incident. And I was just like, this just doesn't flow well. Like it's just so – it's so forced. The entire, time, the entire time I thought this is so forced. It just doesn't flow at all. It's so choppy. The acting is really bad. The storyline is very convoluted. Um, the whole ancestral thing kind of got me weirded out a little bit. Um, but I will say, I'll say this to all of them. They're all through one through three. You know, Tony Todd brings it every single time. Like he, he really loves the Candyman character. You can tell because even though this is a shitty ass movie, and I'm guarantee he knows that. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to bring the Candyman to everyone like they expect him to be brought. And he really does a great job as Daniel Robitaille Candyman every single time. So bravo to him that he didn't. He could have just quit. He could have just said, fuck this. I'm just going to walk through this and fuck up everything and just be bad. No, he was decent. And and I think it was a foul. I don't say he was great for the fact that the supporting cast didn't support him well enough. But he did really well in what he did. So props to you, Tony. Um but yeah, this this whole thing just doesn't feel right. The whole fact they moved it out of uh, New Orleans really didn't feel right. Um, I don't know, dude. The whole thing just didn't go well. It's just, it, it was like that burrito at like midnight where you think you're, hey, this is kind of good, and then it just kind of just fucks you <laughs> in the ass literally. So oh Jesus, yeah. So yeah, just you're visiting some interesting taco stands. I mean, you know, I'm kind of broke, so you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, but no, I I agree with what you say. But I just added that on just the fact that. Tony brings it, but the rest of the cast and the way that they kill those people off screen was just kind of pointless. So this one falls flat on almost every every aspect for me. So yeah, it just kind of feels like a a directed TV movie almost as well. Yep, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, I, it's it's I've seen worse. It's it's not Demon Wind. Yes. It's not Demon Wind at all. So let's put oh, that don't way. even fucking start with me, <laughs> fuck boy. Get back. Hey, I'm just gonna say it, man. I mean, it's it's almost as bad as Scream Five is gonna be. So let's just not even go into that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and just for the record, Scream Five a big for me. So just so you know, just let's just get that out there right now. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, man. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Wes is rolling over his grave right now, but. <laughs> R.I.P. West, rest dude. We'll, we'll take care of it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's move right into uh, 
to our first little uh, actual pick because that was that was really shitty. It's starting to sink the room up a little bit. So, <laughs> I okay. Let's just before I play this transition, let's just say that before we got on the phone or all this thing talking back and forth, I played this in my headset and it literally gave me chills. So I hope it does the same for you. Let's just find out. So here we go with our uh, number two pick. Have you ever heard of Candyman? No. Well, his right hand is sawn off. He has a hook jammed in the bloody stump. Candyman, 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 Candyman. Candyman. To be my victim. Hell yeah, bloody brilliant as usual, my boy. Dude, that gives me chills every time. I've listened to that four or five times. I'm like, God, it just gets to me, man. That that, that music box is so perfectly done. God, I love it. Yeah, that was very good. I like the the girl who sounded like overly sexualized. She's like, he has a bloody <laughs> hook in his stump. <laughs> like, oh, okay, now. You hit that perfect, dude. That was exactly right. Oh, my God. Good stuff. Um. Oh, all right, so here we are. So this is the the pick that we didn't like, but it's not our shit pick. Um, <laughs> Candy Mare for to the flesh. Yes. 1995. Yep, right there, man. Um, yep. So, okay. So we share a complete listing. Uh, is this the first time we did that? I slumber party massacre. I don't, remember. Uh, I did three, one, two on, or two, one, three on that I one. I think, I think that wasn't, the, I don't I think that was remember. the one we had. That, uh, it was one we did have exactly the same though. I think it was, uh, it was one with the trilogy in it because, like, we nailed it. I it was it. Was, I thought it was Sleepaway that we did. Oh yeah, it probably was Sleepaway Camp just because it was yeah, because yeah. obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was it, but yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, yeah. At number two, it's Candyman Farewell to the Flesh. Um, again, no big surprise because no film can top the original. Um, this film is just extremely mediocre. I don't dislike it though. That's the thing is, I watched this movie and I was. I've watched it actually a couple times now. The first time I watched it, I just very wasn't in, not interested at all. I had it on my phone. I was doing other stuff, and I was like, I would check in every now and then. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Then I watched it again, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not upset. It's definitely not the worst sequel True. I've ever seen, not even close. But it's just nothing really happens. Like I said, it just lives in this utter mediocrity kind of parallel universe where it's just i don't i don't know it's tough to give a shit about you know and it's not be, it's not any hit on its own merits you know it did pretty well but and you know it kind of amped up the uh, gore and whatnot and a lot of the kills are really cool but it's just in it's just you're not gonna top the first one is pretty much what i'm trying to say no, I, I totally agree with you and i, I think this one this one kind of goes and says okay the first one came out you know it kind of gave a little bit of the mythology but this kind of gives you the backstory of Daniel Robitaille, how it all happened, why it happened. Um, and then at the end, it gives you a actual way to supposedly kill Candyman. Um, the first one kind of gives you, a, you know, closure. I won't get into that later on. But this one kind of tells you, you know, of course, it, you know, it's, it's the fact that if you own the mirror that he was caught in and you break it, then the spell is broken or whatever it is and he gets killed. So um, it, it tries to wrap it up in a neat little bow. Uh, and give it to you and say, here's a gift, you know, from us to you that we just bought at the gas station down the street and we're going to pass it off as something good. But, but, <laughs> but a French reference there. Um, but um, 
like I said, the kills are pretty cool in this one, but like you said, I think it's it's focused more on the history behind what happened, and you know, I think it's also the lead actress is uh, her character was one of his descendants type thing, or she's trying to figure out how it all fits together, um, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it is what it is, but I think it had a problem kind of fleshing that out on screen. I think it would have been better on on the page written in a book. I think I would have made more sense. You could have done more with it, but this, it just, this on the screen it just really didn't flesh out well for me. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. This one is in, um, based in New Orleans. And I just kind of always love that right. New Orleans kind of feel, you know, it's, it's not like anywhere else in America by far, mm-hmm. you know, it just seems like it's its own thing. I think it, right. it, bears well in terms of kind of the feel the atmosphere i I thought it was a decent little film um oh (laughs) it's funny this also uh is worth mentioning i feel like if anybody like listening right now that hasn't seen the Candyman movies so pretty much these are all just consumed around this mythological creature named Candyman. who if you say his name in a mirror five times uh he'll come and and kill you with his the meat hook in his bloody stump. <laughs> um, oh, baby, you'll stab me with it. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for some reason, there's just like bees. There's a lot of bee stuff in these movies. Um, <laughs> there's bees. I don't know what the fuck they're there. They're just there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's actually funny because like in these movies, whenever Tony Todd does the scenes where he like opens his mouth and bees crawl out, he's got like this latex covering in his mouth and then they put the bees in it. And then there was one time where a bee actually got behind that, and he could just feel it like going like down his throat. Oh and then, god! Yeah, and so I mean, other than that, though, it was an, it was actually worked out pretty well because in these films, all of the bees are bees that are under twenty four hours old, and the right. reason why you do that is because their stingers aren't fully formed, so they're probably not going to sting you. Again, keyword probably. He got stung 26 times making these movies. So, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, just like that that girl uh, in seventh grade, you know, that, that kind of formed a little early. There was a couple of bees <laughs> that definitely formed early and decided to get a little stingy. So. <laughs> well, did you hear also that he there was a stipulation in his contract that every time he got stung, he got $1,000 extra? Are you, are you shitting me? I'm not shitting you. So he got 26000 there. Well, it was actually for the first one. It was 26 times in the, very, in the first film alone. They got stung. So he got, he probably got stung more than that. He just got 26 times in the first film. He got 26,000 extra dollars on top of what he got for the movie. No, I don't, I don't know about that. Cause I saw something like he only got stung twice in the first film. And then the, the really? other two films, he got fucked up. Yeah. See, I, mean, I heard it was opposite. That's yeah, weird. Someone tell, someone decipher this for us. Uh, but yeah, be that as it may or not be a thousand dollars per sting. I would be. Dude, I would be fucking with these things. I I would beg them to be stinging me. I would. I don't know what you would do to get bees to sting you, but I would do exactly that. So, dude, so for one God. sting, that's not that bad, dude. But I mean, we, you're saying you know that the bees are there. But of course, you know the whole mythology is, is that uh, they cut his arm or they cut his hand off, and then they smeared honey all over his chest and let the bees come and sting him to death. So that's why that's why there's so many bees everywhere is because of all the honey that was smeared on him. That's why when he opens up his shirt and shows us those big old man boobs, um, that there's bees all over him. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like the whole honey thing too is just a weird like sexual thing. Like you know, all these people were going after Daniel Robitaille and they're like just smearing honey on him and they're like, oh yeah, look at you, you loser. Like yeah, you look so hot. <laughs> like I don't want to eat that <laughs> off you right now, but ha, huh. like you know, like. <laughs> It's a weird fucking thing to do to somebody. Like, yeah, I mean, it is, cut your it hands is. off and then just 
smear you with honey. Like, no, get yeah, the fuck it's, off me, weirdo. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird mythology. It very, it's very different. But of course, back then, you know, people didn't have a huge imagination yet. That kind of came True. as people, the, just, you know, people didn't sexualize food yet. Exactly. So let's say you know you look at all the kink, all the kink back then has nothing on the kink now. So true. Yeah, we'll just we'll leave it at that. But yeah, of course, you, you, look, know, you, you, look, you look at Susan in the next village over. She's showing a little bit of ankle. You're like, damn, Sue, I see you. Mm-hmm. And, then you and then you got Becky showing a little bit of earlobe on the next one. You go, oh shit, oh, that's some good stuff. <laughs> I really want to touch that earlobe. No <laughs> oh, man, it's just the greatest ever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back back to two. Um, no, but yeah. like I said, it's 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 not a bad film. People, you know, we're we're really ragging on it, but it's not a bad film. It's just it could have been done a lot more tighter. There's a lot of things they could have really tightened up and make it, you know, flow a little better. That thing was not too bad. You know, it was it was subpar, but not as subpar as three. Um and nowhere near the acting in part one. But of course, you know, you have a little bit lesser of the actress and actors, you know, that show up, so it's not like it's the same caliber of actor that's in part two that's in part one. Um, but it's not bad. So if you want to check out a decent, you know, slasher film that, you know, middle of the night, and it does have some spooky parts to it as well. Um, and it has a cool, and I think it's the whole, the whole storyline with the guy, you know, that, that they think he killed, I guess his dad and they bring him into the police station and he's seeing things. It, it has a lot of cool twists and turns in it. So it's, it's not bad. So if you haven't seen it before, definitely give it a watch. Cause it's not bad. Yeah. It's definitely worth a shot. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I think we uh, covered everything about that one. So let's uh, let's just go right into number one because I think this has a lot – we have a lot to talk about on this one because this is definitely one of the ones we think is pretty great. So uh, let's hear this uh, blood-curdling transition again. Have you ever heard of Candyman? No. Well, his right hand is sawn off. He has a hook jammed in the bloody stump. Candyman, 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 Candyman. Would be my victim. Dude, his voice is. <laughs> See, doesn't she sound way too excited to be telling this story? Oh, well, I mean, okay, <laughs> all right. All right so, let's, so let's we're talking about more. Let's get right into it. Okay, now in that scene. And it's cool because that scene is being told to someone else by someone else, which I think is kind of cool. So they're telling the story about, you know, I heard this scary story, you know, scary story I've ever heard in my life. Let me, let me tell you about it. And she's telling about how her, I guess her friend was babysitting and invited this other boy over that she had a crush on and wanted to impress him. So she brings up in the bathroom and she was telling the story about Candyman. And it's Who the fuck uh, you gonna impress by breaking out mythology on a date? Like, no, that's gonna get you I, left in the dust. I mean, it impressed me. Uh, that's just me. So I, I'm a weird nerd like that. So I mean, it's I guess like just imagine, imagine this. Like, you take okay, okay, put yourself in her situation. You t- uh, you take a girl to your house. You're trying to impress them. You know, you're like, oh, I've got so much money, or you know, whatever kids say nowadays to impress their significant other. And then you just kind of like take them to the bathroom, and they're like, ooh, shower sex. And you're like. No, Candyman. All right, hear yeah. me out. Right, hear me out. Now, now I know you're getting really wet already, but just hold on. So, Candyman oh, is an African American man with a with a hook in his hand, with a thing for bees that will come out of this mirror if you say his name five times. And then chances are she's probably hit hit an orgasm already. You know, probably. and if she hasn't. 
then you then you actually sit, do the Candyman thing, and then he comes and kills you both. And then you know, in the afterlife, this dude's like, "Damn, like I've never seen a power move like that before." She knew what she was doing. I mean, she had her game going strong. You know what I'm saying? Holy shit, man! I could only hope to have a game like that one day. <laughs> Please just don't, just don't, just leave it to the movies, man. Seriously. But anyway, back to what I was saying about this whole thing. Like she's, <laughs> that was a good tangent, by the way. Um, Thank you. She, she, she's telling him about it. And she's like, you know, yeah, he's like, of course, if, there's this guy and he has this hook in his hand, and he'll come out and he'll stab you with it if you call his name five times because it's so cool. So she, so she's telling this, you know, and they do it and they get up to four. Well, I was going to tell you, the boyfriend is, um, Ted Raimi, which I think is badass. So just, oh, shit. I didn't yeah, that. yeah, he's, yeah, he's in every like eighties, like, I'm sorry, every nineties, like early nineties film for some reason, but he's in like dark man <laughs> and there, he's just over there. But, um, anyway, so they get to four and they stop and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we were full of shit, full of shit. Well, she's like, go downstairs. I'll meet you in a second. And of course she does the fifth. He shows up fucking stabs her ass. Her blood is like spilling through the ceiling, like onto him. Like that, that was a pretty cool effect actually. But, um, you know, it's just the whole thing, the whole thing from just the very start. I just fucking love it. Like it's, I, as a kid, this movie freaked me out so bad. I would not go in the bathroom and look in the mirror at all. That between that and psycho, the bathroom was a very scary place for me. So, well, be- between Psycho, Candyman, and Body Dysmorphia, mirrors are a hell of a thing. Well, true. Yeah, Body Dysmorphia is the same thing. <laughs> I mean, good God. I mean, you know, she's anyway, – I won't go to that. But, but yeah, but <laughs> – You threw me there. Uh, <laughs> I'm proud of myself with that you, one. You, I, you, I, you, that you was, was perfect. You did it great. You did, bow to you, sir. I bow to you. <laughs> um, but anyway, this first film is, is brilliant for the fact that it takes place – uh, in Chicago, Karini Green is one of those places that everyone knows about. They take this mythology, they turn it into something that is terrorizing this neighborhood, this entire neighborhood. And this one, you know, I think it's mainly this just one part of it as well. And it really just the movie sucks you into this, to this, you know, this lifestyle, this um, this neighborhood. It really kind of puts you in a position. It's it also it also takes you outside of to kind of look in. In the uh, in the whole thing of of the journalist, you know, doing her story about what's going on, and she gets kind of sucked in. Helen, you know, she gets sucked into the whole thing, and it's like at first you can figure out why is he always you know fixating on her, and you can't really figure it out. And it's almost like a, you know you're trying to figure out why he's doing what he's doing, kind of kind of reminiscent of Halloween a little bit to me. You don't really know why this guy's going out to this babysitter. You know, so the whole time you're going, okay, what's the deal? What, what what's the pull here? So it's really cool how it progresses through the entire movie, showing you how how that's all connected, but also showing you the culture and the neighborhood and the the people and everything that kind of goes along with with the Caprini Green and the whole Chicago area neighborhoods, how it all kind of interte- intersects together, which I think is just phenomenally done. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, Candyman. Um, so this film always kind of, oh, I'm gonna get hate for this. I always get hate. It doesn't matter. I I was always kind of bored by this one. Um, it's just not a lot kind of happens. It, it it it's very it feels very stale. Um, and tame, but like like wine, this film definitely grew on me over the years. Um, again, you have this iconic character in Candyman. You know, Tony Todd plays his balls off in this role, and not only this one, but the it's two sequels too. He just he kills it, he, and in in this film in particular, it kind of takes you somewhere that horror doesn't go. It went to the 
to the like the ghetto-ish suburbs of was it Chicago? Yeah. And it was just a very unique kind of backdrop, and it's it and it it's not that this film had a uh, kind of an over the topness to it at, by any means, and that that's always kind of something that the '90s is known for. You know, when you think of '90s horror, it's kind of hard to escape it because you didn't really get into the extreme films of the 2000s, you know, and you're not you just surpassed the cheesy films of the '80s, you know, so you're in this weird middle area. And there's a lot of good storytelling that's done in a lot of the films from this decade, uh, and Candyman is one of them. I mean, it's it's done really well, and it, and there's genuine tension throughout. And and like you mentioned, uh, Helen, you know, is it, she, the acting is fantastic. The the lead uh, actress played by Virginia Madsen, her name's Helen. Yep. She is she's so lovable in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to not root for. And it's funny, too, because another fact that I was going to mention was that she's actually allergic to bees. Yes, yes, that is true. I heard about that. That's that's crazy. I mean, let's put you in a movie where you're allergic to the thing that's going to like be around you most of the time. That's just that's, that's that's dedication to your role, honestly. Oh, exactly. That's like me, like being in a movie all about uh, health care. Oh, you know, apparently I'm allergic to it. It's been eluding me. So, <laughs> you know, oh, uh, Virginia Madsen <sighs> willing to go into a film with. A shit ton of bees. Sure, they're little baby bees, but like I said, a lot of baby bees, uh, you know, mature a little earlier than some people. So uh, there's still stinging going on, you know, and I don't think people give um, bee stings the credit they deserve. Those those fuckers hurt. Dude, dude. that's like, shit. I'm telling you, man. It's, it, it's like a it's like a paper cut. Everyone Everyone's like, oh, it's just a little paper cut or, oh, it's just a little bee sting. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, just a little punch to your face, you know, that I'm going to give you. <laughs> a little kick to your groin there. <laughs> it, 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 it surprisingly hurts a lot. Like, I remember just getting stung by a bee as a kid. For some reason, it's like the older you get, the less bees are attracted to you, which kind of hurts my feelings a little bit on one hand. But in the other hand, I'm like, okay, great. I don't want to be stung by a bee. Hey, hey, um, hey Kev, I'll sting you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, I feel a little bit, a little bit better now. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> back to Candyman. Uh, yeah, man. This one is just a. It's a really well done story. Um, the the portrayal of said story is really well done. The cinematography is pretty beautiful. The locations and everything. I mean, I can't really gripe too much about this one. It's just a film that was really well done, and you know, if if you're a horror fan and haven't seen this one obviously this is the one in the franchise that you should probably see if you're interested um i would i would i would recommend it for sure i don't i don't love it it's probably not going to land in my top 50 favorite horror films maybe my not even my top 100 honestly damn really but i yeah man yeah I, I i like it but i can already think of a shit ton of other movies i like more it's just um yeah, I, I, I yeah, it's a good time, man. Candy, Candyman franchise uh, rank. <laughs> you heard it here first. I mean, well, before we move on, though, I mean, okay, wait. So, yeah, it's not action packed. It's you know, I'll give you that. It's not one of those movies that you watch truly, you know, just enjoy and you know, like you know, scream at the screen. Oh yeah, fucking kill him or whatever, you know. But it, to me, it's more a psychological thing. You really have to kind of put yourself in the position of like this that the people that live in the Chicago area and that in that ghetto ish area. Plus, you got to put yourself in Helen's shoes. You know, she's going into this just thinking she's going to do a story to find out what's going on in this area and who this Candyman really is. And you think it's – in the part of the movie, you think it's this gang. And this leader of this gang is the Candyman because it kind of leads you to that conclusion. 
but then it takes this weird turn. And it's like, I kind of put myself in her position going, you know, how much would you freak out? Like finding all this stuff is true. And then you see, you know, the, the course, the, the big scene everyone's seen before she's in the parking garage and she hears this Helen, Helen, you know, and she's like, you know what? And she turns around and he's standing there at the other, at the other end of the garage. And he's so ominous, dude. He's like that big fucking coat. And he's just, he's so young in this too. It's ridiculous how young Tony Todd is. But like, he's just so freaky looking, dude. Like he just, and of course the way he hypnotizes it with his voice and kind of just like, you know, you know, be my victim and, and you know, be the one that, you know, is going to, you know, connect me to this world. And it's, just, it's so psychological, dude. That's why I like it so much is the fact that it makes you think it's not just about killing. It's not just about, you know, kill count. I know we did some kill count stuff and, you know, that's why I said it's all about the kills. But with this first one, it really is about the mythology and really about, you know, about the way that it impacts a, a neighborhood when something like the urban legend exists. You know, you really have to kind of put yourself in their position and go, how much would you freak out if you realize that this is real? It's really happening to your friends, your neighbors, your, you know, your family, whatever. It's just weird, dude. It's, it just it hit me pretty hard watching it again for like, you know, I've, I've seen it probably 10, 12 times. But this time it hit me hard really thinking about it, for the, especially for this podcast, and going, wow, this is really an intense movie if you really think about it. So, Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, and all that shit happens to her. Not only that, but her husband's cheating on her. And, mm-hmm. and then, Okay, spoiler alert. Uh, skip ahead 15 seconds if you don't want this movie ruined for you. But at her funeral at the end, how he brings his new chick with him mm-hmm. to her funeral, I'm like, damn, yeah, that's cold. That is, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she, remember she walks in and finds them together? Dude, that's brutal as fuck, yeah. man. But of course, at the end, okay, again, okay, if you've got caught up with this, skip forward again because I'm about to say something else you don't want to hear. <laughs> but the fa- I love the fact that at the end of this movie, they turn Candyman into Helen. So or Helen and the Candyman. Yeah. I love the fact that how they meshed those two together. That's It was brilliant the way they pulled that off. Um, it was seamless, too, because she was there to show her ex what the fuck was up, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that was just brilliant. The whole movie to me is just a brilliant view into revenge, into um, completion. And it's, it's just, it's just, I love it. It's one of my favorite films of all time, honestly. In my, it's just my opinion. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I just, it just, and, and of course, as a kid, it freaked me out. But like I said, it wasn't one of those movies I really gravitated towards, even though it freaked me the fuck out. I'd want to watch, you know, Friday the 13th or Halloween or, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever. But this film, as I've grown older, it really has hit me harder in different aspects. It really has made me appreciate exactly what it's about and exactly what it stands for. And it really is just a great, great film. So definitely check this fucking movie out. If you haven't seen it yet, what the fuck is wrong with you? There you go. Yeah, nerds. Yeah, nerds, <laughs> geeks, all that good stuff, ball gags and bee stings and paper cuts and all that good stuff. <laughs> but anyway, well, I guess that about wraps up. I don't really have much else to say about Candyman except for Tony Todd. If you're listening to this, just call me, dude. I just want to hear your voice. Just you know, I can think of only one of the voices I like more than yours, but yours is on – my top two, so just call me, dude. Seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got your number. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, anything else you want to add before we wrap this shit up? Um, nah, man. Uh, other than the fact that somehow Rusty goddamn Schwimmer was in Candyman. No. <laughs> uh, she was the lady that owned the diner in Jason Goes to Hell, so if anyone's seen that movie, they can definitely picture the type of person, except now she plays a cop, so... Great career change, I guess. <laughs> Dinosaur owner to cop. Excellent. <laughs> very nicely done. Very seamless. Very seamless. Um, 
Yes. Yeah. So I think that's about it, dude. I just, I enjoyed this franchise. Uh, like I said, third one is just not that great. It kind of completes the story in a weird, shitty ass way. Uh, honestly, they could have stopped at two though. They could have just done one and two and been done with it. Uh, cause two kind of ends on like, I agree. two kind of ends on like a, a closure, so to speak. We won't say exactly what it is, but it ends on something. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Everybody hit us up in the DMs or post on the, what we post we do for this podcast. Let us know what you think about it. Um, how you'd rank the films. If you think, you know, one's better than the other or whatever. Uh, just let us know. Cause I'm really curious to hear what your, what your thoughts are. You guys always have something interesting, interesting to say. And love interacting with all you guys. So just please let us know uh, what's up. What's up in your mind? So, yeah. And I'm honestly really surprised that we went 40 minutes into this episode without even mentioning the new film coming out. That's true. Isn't uh, Jordan Peele going to direct it? Yes. Yes. And uh, uh, I mean, from what I've heard, Tony Todd is kind of interwoven. I know that this film has his approval. I know that um, Jordan Peele has reached out to him. I don't know at what capacity Tony Todd will be involved. Obviously, he's not going to play Candyman. You know, he's he's a little long in the tooth to be dealing with those premature bee stings. But, That's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really really excited to see how it goes. With this is going to be Jordan Peele's third film. Obviously, Get Out and then Us. Um, I absolutely loved Get Out. I think it's one of the better horror movies of the past couple of years. And then Us, I thought was a massive failure. Uh, I know me and you both. <laughs> felt the same now that it's been about a year since its release i i do think that i i want to rewatch. Us. yes um, i am i am rewatching it so yeah yes. i think that's going to be one of my uh my rewatches are pretty soon actually so yeah i can't wait to see exactly not knowing what i know now seeing because i've only seen it one time so knowing what i know now about the film how it all kind of works out so yeah i do want to check it out again yeah yeah man so yeah we're gonna see how it goes i'm i'm with Jordan Peele, he's very much of a storyteller as opposed to kind of like gore and stuff like that. So I do th- – because with all these sequels, remakes, people always want to make it a crazy story, a, you know, crazy visuals, crazy gore, this and that. But I think Jordan Peele is going to play it very – not safe by any means. He's going to definitely twist some stuff around. But I think he's a very good storyteller mm-hmm. and and um, hopefully he can do the franchise some service. Obviously – He's going to do better than the third film in the franchise. Oh, I have no question about that. Yep. But yeah, man, I'm going to support the hell out of this movie. You know, anything that's keeping these uh, horror icons alive, you know, Definitely. I'm there for it. I'm living for it. Definitely live. I mean, I, there's obviously, you know, a chance he could fuck it up. I'm not going to say that he's perfect because, like I said, us just wasn't, just didn't do it for me. There's a few parts of the movie that are good, and but for the most part, the movie just fell flat on his face, honestly. Um, but, but I'm holding out hope that he can really make this what it needs to be. I think, I think, I think wait, if he takes the first film, kind of takes the parts out that need to be taken out and adds in good stuff to kind of replace the, the, the gaps they had and, and really bring – first of all, he has to cast someone strong as Daniel Robitaille. I think that's huge. If he can cast someone strong like Tony Todd, the work gets golden. He's fine. Don't worry about it. But if he gets someone that can't pull it off well, that's when the issues are going to start coming in. So, dude cast a good person i think we already talked about a few people but nothing really set in stone yet so just wait here the the final word on the actual actor that gets the uh, gets the part so but yeah i mean but at the same point like you know like we said before he's a different he's a storyteller and this the first one is definitely a story it's very well told uh especially with randall robitaille and all of his history and, and then how it works into the urban landscape as well in the first one uh very well done so i, I think 
I know that Jordan Peele has a definite his finger on the pulse of the urban, you know, uh, way of life. So definitely, I think that that's going to be a huge impact on this movie. And if he pulls it off well, if he can tell the story right and keep it keep it on the up and up and not get too deep into stuff, I think we should be just totally fine. So. But yeah, from my extensive research, oh, Tony Todd is returning as Daniel Robitaille. Um, I don't know if that's going to be like flashbacks or whatnot, but yeah, everywhere I looked just now, literally within the past like two minutes, it says Tony Todd will be in the film. Uh, so I'm really excited. Yeah, Jordan Peele does great with the, uh, you know, the, the, the racial storytelling. And I think that Candyman is definitely a film that he can thrive on. So I'm really excited. Yes, me too. Yeah. But that's news to me. Cause I thought he was, cause I know he, Tony Todd was going to be in it, but just as like, like, like a, almost like a supporting thing or like a flashback thing or something. So, or a flash forward maybe. So to know that he's in it though, that's definitely a good thing. So I hope that's what the works out. Well, like you said, he's getting a little older, but I think he still has it. Like he definitely still has, has that charisma to, just pull everyone in and, and really just you know, to have a great time in this film. So I'm excited. Well, we, we all know he's going to pull you in. No oh, doubt about that. He's already pulled me and he's embracing me and okay. Sorry. Never mind. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to what we're talking about. Um, yeah. Let's wrap this franchise up before I get stuck to this chair. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so there you go. There's another trilogy in the books. We've had, I think we had two or three already before. So uh, I do enjoy these trilogies because they are short and sweet and they're easy to get through. Um, and you really can talk about your favorite one of all without having to really, you know, talk about the rest of them, which I love that. Of course, with the Halloween, we really had to kind of not zip through, but we had to kind of abbreviate our thoughts on some of them. But um, which that episode, just so you know, got the most listens in the first two days than any of our episodes ever. So yeah just thank to, you everybody yes, thank you so so much that episode blew up it's still blowing up so just keep it going uh hope you enjoy this episode just as much we do have some really epic episodes coming up uh you know if you if you're keeping count you know we still have about three or four or five big slashers left to go so and, and we don't want to you know we don't want to shoot our load all at one time it, that's not you know it's not how we are you know we're, we're spread it out know kind of you know draw out the the pleasure and the, whatever else you got going on so you know get the ball gags out and let's get a little foreplay going <laughs> so we definitely have some great stuff coming up we're just going to season some other ones in between but we definitely have something coming up in december that you're really going to like so uh just keep uh keep it tuned to us because we'll keep your holidays great <laughs> so, um, oh yeah hell yeah yep, you heard it here first that's right um all right let's let me do a couple shout outs here well of course we got to shout our patrons out you guys are fucking amazing you should all have your t-shirts by now um we've actually added the the option we're going to do some uh patreon episodes coming up we're actually going to release those starting in january we thought we could do it now our schedules are just so crazy right now we've actually had to switch to a you know every other week schedule for release so we're just so busy right now trying to figure all this stuff out so Please be patient with us. We're going to get that out. Anyone that signs up for Patreon uh, from now on, we'll get those episodes, those free extra episodes are coming out in January. So if you haven't already become a patron, go do it. If not, we just appreciate the shares, the likes, the, the conversation, you know, telling your, your friends, your family, your dog, your, you know, your proctologist, your you know, gynecologist, whatever. Tell them all. Anyone, anyone that has their fingers in one of your orifices, tell them about them. You know, just say, oh, while you're up there, let me tell you about my favorite podcast. 
Wow. Uh, so there's a lot of things that I was like expecting you to say, and that was not one of them. There you wow. go. I always surprise you, man. I mean, I'm old, so I know a lot of stuff. And, you know, my, my pill, my, I took my pill earlier, so I'm ready to go, buddy. I'm on it. You're alert. Uh, my pudding cup's still over there, so I haven't touched that yet. I'm, that's, that's my dessert for after we finish this up. And you sent me that picture of you, you know, wearing that bee costume. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the <V> costume. <laughs> Ooh, the sting, stingers in the front, right? Oh, of course. Okay, so make sure. Maybe in the back too. That's Ooh, up holy to you. Holy shit! All right, double Whoa. stinger. Double stinger. All right, I can dig with that. <laughs> <laughs> we digress, <laughs> big time. Yeah, big time. <laughs> um, anyway, so just a quick uh, podcast shout outs. Um, got a shout out Alone in the Dark podcast. You guys are fucking amazing. Every week, you guys are just so supportive. We're just always liking our stuff and sharing us and just just being awesome. So you guys are just the best. Uh, we got. Uh, uh, Gosh, my brain is just, I'm old. That, that, that pill is making me all fucked up. Uh, the horror, the horror basement with, uh, Jim Jam, Yeti, Leroy, Johnny Leroy. You guys are fucking awesome. Uh, thank you for letting us be on your, uh, your Tennessee, uh, horror news network, getting us out there to the masses. Really appreciate you guys every week, uh, getting our podcast out to your listeners as well. So really appreciate that. Um, point of interest network. Uh, again, you guys are just the greatest. Thank you for so much for letting us piggyback on your network and, and, spreading the word for us. That's just awesome. We really do appreciate everyone there as well. I don't think we need anything else we need to shout out. Um, just the support we get from you guys is just unreal. I know we've said this before already in the podcast, but again, you guys are just awesome. I love just interacting with everyone and talking with, you know, I've become friends with a lot of you guys on Instagram. We talk a lot just on my personal page uh, about movies and stuff. And you guys, it's just so much fun. So really, this is, this is why I do this. The interactions with people and with friends and, and getting to know Kevin more and, you know, all that stuff. Just I love talking to you guys. So please just don't leave me alone. Don't leave me, please. I love you guys so much. I just I don't want to be alone in life. So, <laughs> oh, I know. Just, you know, I'm old. So, you know, I need some companionship. So uh, just don't forget about me. That's sad. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> so sad. I got something working, so I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, we really, we really do appreciate you guys in all honesty. We really do appreciate you guys. So thank you so much for, for just being there uh, for this podcast and uh, just keeping it going. So, and Kevin, I appreciate you too, man. Really. You, you're just the best co-host in the world. I'm just excited to see where this thing goes. And uh, just, uh, you know, Thanksgiving time kind of gets me that feeling being thankful and all that stuff. So there you go. Hell yeah, brother. We're having the time of our lives. I mean, it was probably around this time last year where, you know, the talks of us, you know, kind of began and we, started to form this thing that you know we would have never guessed we would have been able to build together and you know every week is always fun well i guess now it's every other week but you know we've we've met so many great people from this you know and it's just something that is truly special and you know whether it's one person that listens or a hundred people you know it's just we're really excited to have each and every one of you here that you know the fact that you guys actually give a shit still really surprises me and uh, yeah and I, I wouldn't be able to do this with anyone else even though you don't like demon wind but we'll get over it we'll work that out later on we'll we'll pillow talk that out so don't worry about it <laughs> but, but yeah you're right it is we, we've we've known each other about a year it, it was i think it was more toward the end of november when we kind of start talking and when i actually met you on instagram so it's almost been a year so i'd be friend anniversary, i guess yeah I guess yeah, that's right. It's coming so, up on our year. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I just, it's, I never could have imagined they would have gotten like this. I just blows my mind every day. So, uh, anyway, 
I mean, I guess there's really not much else we can talk about, but what's going to be on our next episode, Kevin? Ooh, okay. So we spent a little bit of time, you know, trying to figure out what we're going to do next week because, you know, we're very unscheduled. We come up, we kind of figure out what we're going to do the next week, like while we're filming the current episode because, you know, I guess it just, we just worked that way. Anyways, we figured out what we're going to do. So the, the, the next episode we're going to be doing is on a kind of i would say as a lesser known trilogy um we're going to be doing feast now we're going to yeah, be including yeah. creatures within the slasher realm you know we got these little fucking things with sharp ass teeth killing people and we're going to be here giving the kill counts and ranking the films for you oh yeah dude. And, and it is a slasher because it is it has a slasher formula and stuff so people are going to be busy oh my god this is a slasher film it is just not in the normal sense plus it's going to come out the week of thanksgiving so we thought you know feast thanksgiving all works together so shut the fuck up and enjoy it we're very clever here at uh the it's a horror podcast network you know mm-hmm. we just we just never never end the beautifulness that is uh cliches <laughs> and beautiful play on words you know in it's a, great time in, in other words we bullshit very well so <laughs> Yes. Yep. As I bullshitted my way through that sentence. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm done bullshitting for the night. <laughs> so uh, same. All I'm gonna say is be careful. Do not say Candyman five times in that mirror because you are not gonna pin this on us. So guys, just don't do exactly. it. Exactly. If you do it, please film it so I can see it. Tell the people where they where they can find us. Oh yeah. Duh. Oh my gosh. Dude, this is the first time I almost forgot about that. That I should never take my pill before. That's fucking me all up. You can find us <laughs> on some social medias out there. So you can find us first on Facebook at It's a Horror Podcast. Uh, fuck Twitter. Big fuck on Twitter. Hell yeah. Fuck that shit. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at It's a Horror Podcast. Uh, my personal Instagram page is Old Man Ghostface, and yours is? Slash and Captain. Fuck yeah, dude. Also, don't forget to hit up our official Tee Public. Uh, store with some cool t-shirts and hoodies and baseball tees and mugs and fucking laptop ba- laptop bags and fucking pillows and a bunch of condoms and fucking birth control oh, pills shit. and we got it all dude just get everything you want just get, get my face on a condom and Kevin's face on some birth control so fuck yeah <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway <laughs> so there you go Yes. Yeah, so next week, no pill before the, the, the uh, sorry, two weeks from now, no pill before the uh, the show. I promise, because that's that fucked me all up. So anyway, there's nothing else left to say. But my name is Wes. And I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next time. See ya. I won't.